in 2010, I lost my little brother, Ted, to cancer, and he was 10 years old. And he basically had a, a tumour uh, crushing his left lung the size of a small rugby ball in, in a nine-year-old at the time. And uh, unfortunately, passed away in 2010. Yeah, it's quite harrowing. I mean, yeah, childhood cancer, it's yeah. probably the definition of evil, really. I was playing football with him the night before. I was literally having a kickabout. We got the news the day before that nothing's working. We went outside and had a kickabout, and my dad brought the video camera out, and I knew exactly what he was bloody doing. I thought, fucking hell, this, this, is, this, is, real. this is real. I'm playing football with Ted. And then that night, he walks past, got a glass of water from the kitchen, went, night, see you in the morning, see you in the morning, night, Ted. Went out of bed, never walked again. So putting a gig on and it not working, whatever. Whatever, <laughs> yeah. I'm going to try my absolute best. Welcome to the Eventful Lives podcast. I'm your host, Dodge, and I'm the founder of Bournemouth Sevens, the world's largest sports and music festival. On this podcast, I speak to fascinating people who have all lived eventful lives. If you haven't already, do us a favour, press the follow button and check us out at Dodge Woodall on Instagram, TikTok and YouTube, where we've now had over 80 million views. Tom Newton is the founder of Teddy Rocks Festival a festival created to raise money and support cancer charities after he lost his 10-year-old brother, Ted, to a very rare bone cancer. Tom has created a truly unique and inspiring experience that continues to grow in popularity year after year. This is the eventful life of Mr. Tom Newton. Tom, welcome to the show, mate. Thank you for having me. Good, good, good. I'm really looking forward to this one. It's right up our street. <laughs> so um, let's roll all the way back. Where did you grow up and how did you end up becoming a festival owner? Uh, so, Blanford boy in Dorset and... Uh, I got a message from a family friend asking if Tom could round up some of his mates to park some caravans at the Great Dorset Steam Fair. <laughs> and uh, I went out there for nine days and my, my brain was well and truly really blown. Um, there was a murder 30 metres from my tent. No. Someone stole a zebra double-decker bus. It's quite an impressive thing to steal. I saw a guy lose his thumb in front of me uh, as his wife towed a caravan off with the brake loop left on. And uh, I just thought, this is ace. Wow. <laughs> I don't know what this is. So so what, what year are we talking here? <laughs> oh, Tom? that must have been 2005, I reckon. 2005. Yeah. And where did you grow up then? Did you grow up in the, in this area? Yeah, Blanford. So yeah, Bournemouth's local to me, always yeah. around this way and stuff like that. So. And, and what age were you when you first got into like thinking, oh, I want to get into the events world? Well, first exposed to it when I was 16. Yeah. And you know, obsessed with bands, always went to gigs, always went to festivals. So, you know being invited to work at the steam fair just learning how to put harris fencing up ped yeah. barrier yeah. uh just just all of the stuff you know that i just loved it and I, I really loved the production especially like through being a touring musician as well i love watching lorries roll in flight cases roll out yeah. i love the show i love watching it go up happen and then yeah. disappear and I, I love the buzz through the whole thing so yeah from 16 i was like i'm hooked on this yeah Quality. whatever this is this madness I, I want a bit of it <laughs> and were you are you are you a person who loved going to concerts love going to different festivals and events everywhere yeah absolutely love it so lucky enough to play in a handful of bands and been really lucky to sort of tour the world internationally and stuff really? like that yeah so you playing a band as well do you? yeah i do yeah Quality. so uh we've been lucky enough to tour like china uh canada america been on some arena tours of europe with bands like the offspring and stuff like that so really super lucky oh, wow. to have this amazing experience and and they all just they all just come together at times, and I think that's what's so good about events. Yeah, is that everyone pulls together. Yeah, if you if you're into some crazy stuff, every now and then an event it just draws it all into one place, and 
that's what makes them exciting for me, really. So, so let's just go roll back a bit here. There, you're in, you're in bands, and also, mm-hmm. also you're a fireman. I am, yeah, firefighter. Wow, yeah. so you're a firefighter as well, full time. Yeah, full time. Yeah, and also put on the Teddy Rocks Festival. Yeah, I put on Teddy Rocks Festival, and I've also got my own events company called Barefoot Productions, and I run uh, Rock and Ribs Festival, which is a five thousand cap three day American rock and roll monster truck wrestling rock and roll festival, which is a bit ridiculous. Where's that? Uh, in Wincanton, in Somerset. Uh, and I also do Upton Country Park Festival. Do so, you? Uh, yeah, in Paul. So, busy. Wow. <laughs> and a firefighter at the same time. Fair yeah, play yeah, to you. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. How do you mean, juggle that? The shift system's brilliant. You know, yeah. in the fire service, you do a 224. So, you do two days, two nights, four days off. And uh, I, I strongly believe that if you love what you do, you never work in. Yeah, no I can't way. wait to get to work. I love yeah. riding the fire engine. Love it. I can't wait to get to the station, see what, see what the day or the night brings. Yeah. So, it doesn't feel like I'm working when I'm there because I love it so much. So, uh when you uh, come home and you open your laptop or do some site visits, it just keeps it interesting. Yeah, so 100%. Never bored. <laughs> so tell me the story about how Teddy Rocks Festival started. What year it was and sure. reasons why. Yeah, so, you know, yeah, it gets a bit bit sad from this point, but in 2010, I lost my little brother, Ted, to cancer, and he was 10 years old. And he got diagnosed with a really rare bone cancer called Ewing sarcoma, and he basically had a, a tumour uh, crushing his left lung the size of a small rugby ball in, in a well, nine-year-old at the time. Wow. And uh, he went through sort of 18 months of battling it with some severe sort of operations and chemotherapy and uh, unfortunately passed away in 2010. And uh, yeah, it's quite harrowing. I mean, yeah, childhood cancer, That's it's yeah. probably the definition of evil, really. Yeah. And, it, and you sort of feel hung over from it for a long time, even even to now, you know, this was 2010. And you still have some days where you just think, what on earth? What was that? Yeah. And uh, yeah, my mum my and dad, bless them, they um, started... They did a fundraiser. So before Ted passed away, a year before he was he had cancer, they put on a, a charity cricket match, a uh, big cricketing family, and uh, they did a 2020, and they called this cricket match the Teddy 20, and and it was basically just, you know, well they call themselves legends, yeah, but hardly <laughs> legends of the game, but in Blanford they thought they were yeah. legends. So my dad rounds up the best of the best, and they put on this cricket match, and, and Ted was there watching it and oh, stuff, lovely. and 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 it was brilliant, and it was a big success, and it raised about two and a half thousand pounds, and the next year. Um, they, they did it again yeah. and unfortunately about a week be- two weeks before the event um, Ted just woke up one morning paralysed from the waist down and couldn't stand so how do you tell a 10 year old that their legs are gone like how do you how do you yeah. what do you do so you know suddenly he gets taken into hospital and we get the news that you know plan A plan B and plan C it's, it's not working so oh, uh, you know and trying to process that and Ted was like well I want to go to the Teddy 20 I want to yeah. go so um, St John's Ambulance got an ambulance and the team to, to actually bring him to Brilliant. the cricket match, I remember meeting an ice cream about that big. Brilliant. Just, you know, no, no cares in the world. Never moaned, never complained. And they raised a couple of grand and he passed away maybe a week, week or so after. And everyone was like, you've got to keep doing this. You've got to keep doing this. And uh, my absolute nutter dad, uh, he's born in Africa, but his parents are from Yorkshire. Yeah. But he thinks he's an absolute like African warrior. And it's like, he's not. <laughs> What's his name? Let's he's called Owen. Owen. <laughs> he sells fire extinguishers. Yeah. And uh, and he's like, he's just, he's obsessed with Africa and he loves it. Yeah. And he was like, I'm going to climb Kilimanjaro. I'm going to raise money for Ted. And I was like, you're not going to kill yourself. You're not going to do that. Yeah. Like, don't, don't do that. And he's yeah. like, no, I'm going to do it. And he, he went and bloody did it. Yeah. And he raised about 11 grand. And, and that was it. I thought, do you know what? I've got to do something here. Yeah. Like they've done this cricket match. That's it's been, set the standards. He's been they? to Kilimanjaro. So yeah. I should probably do something. I thought I'll put a gig on, and um, and that was it. I put a gig on at the Greyhound in Blantford. Convinced the landlady Jan. I was like, come on, let's put let's put a gig on, and uh, put five bands on in a in a restaurant. And uh, there's a few mosh pits and crowd surfing and <laughs> a few pictures off the walls and broken lampshades. <laughs> and she was like, that's awesome, but we're not doing that again. Yeah. 
<laughs> so she goes, let's let's do it in the, in the town hall, shall yeah. we? And um, yeah, and I remember we raised four hundred pounds, and I, I remember this was two thousand and eleven. So yeah, really fresh. But I remember it was the first time I sort of went, like I was genuinely smiling and yeah. I was genuinely having a good time. Yeah, and it had been a while, and uh, well, that was cool. So just got hammered with all my mates yeah. we played a pretty sick show yeah we raised 400 quid like us idiots have just made 400 pounds for for children with cancer that's really cool yeah uh so we thought we'll do, we'll do it again and th this is where it just rapidly got out of hand i um i put a facebook post up saying right i want to do a festival an all day the blanford corn exchange you know up there with wembley you know <laughs> what a venue and i was like i want to i want to do this 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 gig for yeah. ted who's up for it and um, like I said, being in touring bands, just know some wonderful people, put a Facebook post out. And I was doing a bit of part-time hours at the pub, the pub where the gig was at yeah. the time. Like I walked to town, 15 minute walk, and I got to work and I checked my phone and I had 43 bands confirmed. And I thought, wow. all right, okay, blimey. So it became a two day festival. Yeah. Where I had no idea what I was doing, Yeah. no idea. And um, we got the hall and started rolling some gear in there. And uh, my mates were like, we need pit barrier. You know, we need mojo barrier. Yeah. And I was like, well, we need people first. <laughs> But they were like, no, leave it, leave it with us. And I'll never, ever forget turning around about an hour later. My mate's giving me, the, he's like, I've got some pit barrier. And there was this orange Wessex water. You know, like the, yeah, those, yeah, 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 the stuff that stops children, yeah. people and cars going into holes and main roads. There's a line of it across the front of this stage. And they're like, yeah, sorted that. So I'm really sorry, like Wessex water, if anyone found a hole on that date. But it was just ridiculous. But we had such a laugh. And, um, some... and, how, and how old were you? I would have been 22 then. So you're 22 so, yeah. and you lost your younger brother. He was just 10. He was 10. I was 20 okay. at the time, yeah. And you're so, like, right, I'm going to really make a, really make a, something so special for angry. my brother. I was yeah. so angry. Yeah. And I thought, sod it. I can either go out and get hammered every weekend, yeah. which I did for a bit. Yeah. And I think we all do. Yeah. Or I can try and do something here. And that, that I swear, that gig, which made 400 quid, yeah. just lit a spark in me. And I thought, Brilliant. right, hang on. This is, this is cool, right? Yeah. So yeah, we, um, we put on this gig. It became a two-day festival. And I'll never forget some of the bands I brought. <laughs> to Blanford it was market day on a Saturday and there's all these like old ladies walking up and down <laughs> the markets and then there's like a death metal band coming out giving himself a nosebleed with a microphone <laughs> screaming at them and I just thought this is amazing <laughs> this is absolutely amazing <laughs> Blanford were like what on earth is going on and I loved it yeah. and I thought this is really fun yeah. and um, some really good friends at the tattoo studio uh, in Blanford area 55 <clears throat> they did a charity fundraising tattoo where three people, one of them got Ron Burgundy tattooed on their thigh. Oh, it's horrendous. Like the, si oh, the size of his thigh. One of them, I can't remember the other guys, but I think a couple of the guys from Wayne's World or something like that. And they raised some money and, and combined we raised like a five grand. Oh, amazing. Uh, awful, awful festival. Yeah. Terrible show. Yeah. But we had the best time ever. And, uh, we, you know, we raised five grand. I thought this is, this is good fun, you know. And um, well, what do we do now? And we, th we thought, right, we'll, we'll move it back to the pub. And uh, we did. And we built so what a, was it then? So you said you went from a pub to Corning. What's the corn exchange? Corn, it's like a town hall. A town hall, okay. So the, the pub room was not much bigger than this yeah, that okay. we're in now, you know. And yeah. it was just, it was carnage. Yeah. It was like Warped Tour in Blanford, you know, <laughs> this Californian skate punk festival rocked up to the historic Georgian town of Blanford. Quality. And uh, <laughs> it was just hilarious. And yeah, this town hall, and you know, it didn't lend itself to being yeah. the right venue, but we loved it. So we thought, right, well, let's do it. So we built a scaffolding stage out the front of the pub and it was wicked i think we raised uh six and a half grand and then the next year we we took it really seriously we got some black fabric and we were like right it's getting it's getting pretty big time now we've got some black fabric and i got a banner made like the original banner is a bed sheet which yeah my old art teacher put an overhead projector on the wall and used the market like paint yeah, yeah i've yeah. still got that and that goes up every year at the festival and that's where it started suddenly i've got banners and i've got black fabric and we made this stage look really cool 
And uh, yeah, we raised uh, 15 grand the, the year after that. Oh, amazing. So it went 400 pounds to like two and a half grand from the festival, cut the ground Five, from the tattoo. So then suddenly six yeah. and a half to 15. And then the last year we did it at the pub, which was still one of my favorites. It was just too much for the pub. And we, yeah. we were breaking the pub, like yeah. the bricks were moving. Yeah. Like the, the, I never forget watching a band go on stage. The landlord was there with rods down the outside sewers trying to fix the toilets because it was just <laughs> too many people. Yeah, it was just, it, was, it wasn't good. And uh, our special effects department, which was myself and my, one of my best mates, Callum, using one of my bands, we set, decided to set a flare off on the, the roof of this, so tin scaffolding roof stage. During Green Day, Wake Me Up When September Ends, when the solo kicks in in the video, it all comes down. We thought, oh, we're, we're well experienced at this, so let's set some effects off. So I'm on a ladder holding him by the belt, and he's there with his flare gun, and the solo kicks in, he sets it off, and I just hear Callum screaming, because the, the flare just was so bright, it reflected off the tin roof, and he was just on this <laughs> roof blind. So we had a serious health and safety meeting afterwards, and the next night we went up there with sunglasses and a fire extinguisher, <laughs> and, and that's just how we did it. And it was just, it was just great fun. It would be just figuring it all out. Yeah. You look back now and you think, how did we get away yeah. with that? And, yeah. uh, and uh, the really weird twist, and this is a really honest part of the story, we never planned on Teddy Rocks getting to what it is now. And that's what's so beautiful about it. It's completely organic. It's, it was never a vision. It was just this rolling yeah. momentum. Our bassist, Max, <laughs> He bought a flight case for his bass amp from a, an ex-touring company where, you know, they get loads of old road cases and stuff yeah. like that. And he bought one and it happened to be from a band called The Hoosiers. And if they ever hear this God. now, they'll be fuming. But we had this case on stage and a big orange H on it. And we just took the piss. Like, yeah. oh, we can, I said, do you know who that is? That's, that's The Hoosiers. And he's like, leave it out. And it was just, it was so unfunny. But we went so hard at this yeah. joke, it became Fun. really yeah, funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And about eight hours later, and everyone's really like, <laughs> really hammered. <laughs> Max got some orange tape and he thought, well, sod it, I'll, I'll make everything the Hoosiers. So he went around the whole pub just putting like orange H's on H's everything. And I've still got a guitar with this orange H <laughs> on it. And I made the joke, wouldn't it be funny if I booked the Hoosiers? Like, their stuff would be everywhere. I mean, it's not funny. Yeah. Like, in your weird group of mates, this is really funny, but everyone else was like, all right. And I emailed the Hoosiers and uh, about two weeks later, I'm sat in the back of a fire engine and I get a phone call. We're coming back from a job. And I was like, oh, yeah, boss, you mind if I take this? He goes, yeah, go for it. And it was a London number and I haven't dealt with anyone at London. <laughs> so I was like, hello. Who do I owe money to now? Do you know what I mean? And it's this guy. He's like, oh, yeah, it's uh, Vinish Patel here from uh, Coalition Talent. I just want to speak to you about the Hoosiers. They're in. And I just remember going, oh, bollocks. I was like, I can't put the Hoosiers on a scaffolding stage with me and Callum running our special effects department at the, at the great. We can't do that. So, um, and that was that turning point. I thought, what? We've got an opportunity here. Yeah. The hard bit is getting bands. The yeah. hard bit is getting names. I've got the Hoosiers. They've got some hits. Everyone yeah. knows the Hoosiers. And they want to come and play my gig. So I've got to make it happen. So, um, all right, well, well, we'll move it into a, into a field. Quality. We'll move it into a Morrison's car park. That was Quality, the Quality, uh, mate. So you've done, what, dream. five years in pubs? Oh, Each year, yeah. so it's a pub, corn exchange, yeah, pub, 11, pub, 12, pub. 13, 14, 15. Yeah, and yeah. then you've gone, hold on a minute, we can take this to a whole new level, raise mm. more money for the for the charity, yeah. and put it in a field. That's it. Fantastic. So I thought, we'll go to Morrison's car park, it's literally a couple hundred metres down from the pub, and I kind of thought, we'll, like, we'll, uh, we'll sort of you know, drop some breadcrumbs, and hopefully yeah. people will follow it, follow the festival down, and... Uh, I had no idea what premises licensing was. Mm. I had no idea about the outdoor code of practice. I had no idea about traffic management, child, yeah. lost children policies, drugs, nothing. Yeah. I just thought you whack a stage in the corner and we'll crack sell on. Sell tickets, sell beer, away you go. Happy days. Yeah. And that's events, isn't it? Easy. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, that's what everyone yeah, thinks. <laughs> it is. And uh, word got around that this uh, this lunatic was going around Blanford, going to put a rock festival on the Morrison's car park <laughs> and uh, the authorities found out and 
uh, at the time I thought they were the devil. I thought yeah. these horrible people. And I look back now and they're the best thing that ever happened to me. They yeah. were wonderful. But you know when it's like when someone says you can't do something. Oh God. Oh, fuck what you. you about? Fuck you. Of course I'm going to do it. But stage in Morrison's. What are you on about? Yeah. No, no, Tom. <laughs> and uh, this guy, <laughs> Environmental Health, got in touch with me and said, look, I think it's really important you come in for a, for a meeting. Oh, all right. And I went up there and I'm in the council offices and he introduced me to the head of license at the time who was a real ball breaker. <laughs> he, was, he was known for being really on it. Yeah. And I've never, I don't know what I'm doing. I've yeah. just worked events and played festivals and I've never run one. Yeah. And he just sat there and he goes, I want to see your event safety management plan, your traffic management plan, your noise management plan, your lost children's policy, security plan, uh, crowd dispersal policy, waste management. And, and I was there going, and I remember the exact, I could feel, you know, when you get that angry, you're like, you feel your neck, don't mm. you? I could feel myself getting really angry. And mm. I just thought, oh, I went, all right. And he went, what? I said, all right, give me a few weeks. <laughs> and I walked out of there, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. I'm going to get this done. And I Googled and Googled and every night and I was doing like 60 hours a week yeah. just on trying to figure out oh, what can we do here. And I created a rubbish site map and I created all this, like, this basic document which made no sense, but I was trying really hard. And I just couldn't hit the 65 dB over an LE, 65 LEQ over 15 minutes. I couldn't hit that average noise level at the nearest noise sensitive locations in Morrison's. Yeah. I basically got, and they always used to wait till five to five on a Friday to tell me something because they knew I'd be I'd drive out there yeah I, I used to drive out there and go right what's going on well, yeah so they'd be like oh who's this guy like he's a nightmare <laughs> so they can see them like five to five like send Press. get the car get the car let's go home for the weekend let him cool down and I remember getting a message saying Tom the event is not happening here you will not get a license you need to find another venue so I thought fine that's so why I found another venue that weekend drew a site map did all the equations did everything and Monday morning it at nine o'clock, I stood in the car park of the council offices waiting for them to come back from their weekend off. And I was like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I've got your email at five to five. Here's my new site. And I remember the moment he went, oh, that could work. He and said was, that, did he? I was like, oh, okay. Great. And that was it. I was like, here we go, here we go. So I got invited to my first SAG. So safety, safety advisory advice, group. Yeah. Um, just for context, I had Teddy Rocks last week and it lasted 14 minutes. Yeah. The first one lasted nearly four hours. Yeah. <laughs> it yeah. was just a catch up now, really sort of checking in on you and how can we help you? Whereas yeah. the first one, it was- On your case. Basic, well, yeah. just trying to help me really. They're trying to protect you. You, feel, I, like they're, you feel like they're against you. You do. But they just want to make sure everything's in place to protect the amount of people that are piling through the doors. Mm -hmm. Exactly that. Yeah. And I look back now and I think they're wonderful, the most yeah. wonderful people ever. Yeah. But at the time you're thinking, oh, Agreed. Just being a pain. Yeah, agree. No, they're not. They're being brilliant, and they're so trying to teach venue, you. So, what venue? What venue did you go to then? Because there's a blessing in disguise. Surely, going from Morrison's car park <laughs> to a field. We moved across the river yeah. to a, a floodplain. Yeah, <laughs> really, really sensible That's location. A clever one. <laughs> well, I just thought it made sense. So, uh, again, I just I was convinced in my head. I didn't have the confidence that people would follow this festival. I yeah. thought people have got to see this festival. If I move this out of town to a field, no one's coming. Yeah. I had to do it in the middle of town. So I did it in a floodplain, <laughs> uh, which my bedroom back at the time overlooks. Every morning I'd wake up and look out the window. <laughs> That's right, we're good, we're good. And I had this meeting with the council and some guys sat there. And I think I think they get a lot of time wasters. I think the council get a lot of people go, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do this. And then they get told how much work there is and then they never see them again. Yeah. So I can imagine these people get really fed up of going through this with someone new every week to not hear And then pulling them. out, yeah. I kept coming back and yeah. they realised I wasn't going away. And we sat at this table and a guy goes, oh, I've got a bit of paper and he slid it across to me like that. I sat there in this room of people and I turn it over and it's he's printed a picture of the floodplain five foot underwater. Yeah. And he goes, you sure you want to do this? Yeah. And I was like, yeah. <laughs> and uh, we went for it. And uh, we, we long story short, we put on this, I got a license. I got a premises license. I yeah. uh, got no objections, went straight through. What capacity do you have in year one? Uh, 4,999. 4, yeah. yeah. And um, 
we went for it and I, I got my first premises license uh, with the most amazing help from a woman called Linda who's still involved today who's a health and safety expert in events I rang her up and was like Linda I need help yeah. and, she was, and then she was the person that said to me anything you want to do is doable yeah. and that, that I needed to hear that because yeah. when you're dealing with authorities you feel everything's impossible yeah. but then when, when she would go oh, yeah we can do that we'll just do this this and this yeah. oh really okay yeah. so she made me really believe in this and we got the license and um we had the Hoosiers <laughs> come and come and play on the Friday, which was just a real full circle. Hoosiers are massive. They're great. Yeah, they're they're a great band, and they were yeah. lovely guys. And it was a great show. And it was no discredit. It was just because Max got hammered and put Orange H. Yeah, everything. That made me think. Well, let's ask him. If they didn't say yes, yeah, we'd probably still be in that pub. Yeah. You know, and um, and, and I, what year was that? Fifteen. Was that was 2016. Was, was the it? year they played. What made yeah. you choose a floodplain? <laughs> well, just because it was the only place I could build it where people could see it. So you wanted people to see. I okay, wanted, I, okay. You know, I'm a Blantford boy. I know how Blantford ticks. Yeah. And I just thought, if I, you know, if I take this around the corner and hide it, no one. No one's, So okay. watching that staging getting built in the middle of town, the hype was really yeah. cool. You know, people could see it, and we got lucky. The weather was perfect, and yeah. we got through it. You gain your own luck. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you gain you your own luck, and 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 weather plays a huge part in festivals and events. Massively. You, you know, know, I look back at Bournemouth Sevens in 2008. And we were really lucky, sunny weather. But if it was peeing down with rain, I don't reckon I'm, I might not even be here today to talk about it's it. It's professional gambling, isn't it? Yeah. No matter what you say, yeah, absolutely. put as much effort as you want in. It's yeah. a flip of a coin. You can do all... all Especially every... back then, people wouldn't buy online. Mm. Do you know what I mean? People wouldn't buy, put their credit card into a computer in 2008. You're that. waiting for people to turn up and give you cash on the day. It's scary stuff. That's really scary. Especially oh. we're in for 2000. I think we're in for 300 or grand putting it on and just praying people are going to turn up. Yeah. It's a big old risk. It's a ride, isn't it? Yeah, it's an absolutely. absolute ride. No, I totally risking, totally... Your old, risking your house on it as well. well if you if you fancy it, put a festival on a floodplain. That will uh, <laughs> that will get you going. If you want to get those uh, juices yeah. pumping, that's going to say yeah. <laughs> that, that will, yeah. You so want... tell me about tell me about year one then. Yeah, the Hoosiers. So how many the... people do you have? How much money do you raise? We raised forty three thousand pounds. Wow, so that's Mate, quite, massive quite respect. A Thank you very much. Massive respect, honestly. <laughs> and uh, what's really cool is you and know, everyone does it for free. Yeah. So you're not paying any no, anyone? No, 100% volunteers. The only people we pay yeah. are the security, because obviously yeah, you, you, you yeah, have to. Yeah. Um, even things down to the audio, the staging, it's all, I meet people through touring, I tell them my story. I met one guy and he was like, that's the coolest thing I've ever heard. I'm yeah. gonna bring an Arctic lorry full of flamethrowers. And I was like, yeah, sick. Oh, <laughs> you know, and, and it's, that's genuinely how organic the whole thing is. And, um, you know, I, I played this festival I think it was for the BBC. I can't remember what it was. It was quite quite a big festival. And I remember it was the first time I played a stage with big screens. Yeah. And uh, that was a big moment because I, I spent the whole gig. I was there playing. And I was like, these screens are sick. How do I get these? And I came off stage. I was like, who, who, runs, this, who runs the screens? And this guy was going, yeah, me. I'm going to call you every single day until you agree <laughs> to help me. And he was like, yeah, all right. I did. I called him every yeah. single day. Yeah. Uh, and he agreed to do it for very, very cheap. And again, talking of luck, Turns out the guy was swindling money out of the company and disappeared and did a runner with loads of clients' money, but we hadn't paid anything yet. Okay. So when the company found out, they were like, we're going to honour that price. Yeah, I was like, wicked. <laughs> so again, like, talk about yeah, luck. You know, yeah. suddenly we've got big screens. And yeah. I came up with the idea, I could sell advertisement packages, some sponsors, yeah. local businesses could give us some money to put a name on it to say, we're helping this wonderful thing and some free tickets. So I actually funded the festival through selling stuff on the screens. And then suddenly I was like, oh, this is cool. And uh, our Saturday headliner was Don Broco. Now they they sold out Wembley, yeah. you know they're a humongous band. I paid seven thousand pounds for Don Broker. Oh my God! You try getting them for that. What now. year was that? Then was that your second year in the field? Sixteen. That's, that's the first year. The so first they, they were the Saturday, and then we had Gentlemen's Dub Club on the Sunday, and then we had uh, my dad loves the jam. Yeah. So we had from the jam Bruce Foxton. Oh, quality. yeah, turn up, yeah. 
yeah, he was an interesting character. But yeah. my, my dad's well into that, so he's there playing Town Called Malice, and the old man's oh, like I loving love it. Town Called Malice. That's it. Well, he just smashed Kilimanjaro, so now he's rocking out to yeah, Bruce loving Boston, it, he? So he was loving that. So that was a real cool moment to do for dad. So when you're when you're putting on your first event like this, mm-hmm. really, it's your first festival event yeah. in, in a field. Where are you getting the money? Are you just getting the money from sponsorship and everything coming back round again to pay yeah. for things? But you, if it didn't work, where would that money be coming from? You're fucked. Right. You're fucked. Okay. Yeah, we just have to probably have to leave. And okay. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So you didn't have the money in the back no. pocket to go hold them. I can afford to no, do this. No, no, nothing. Nothing That's at fantastic. all. Fantastic. Pulled it out of the ground. Yeah. I, I got a penny to my name. I was an on-call firefighter at the time. Yeah. So um, I was like, want a pager. I was earning like five hundred quid a month for yeah. being an on-call firefighter because you don't get paid much to do that. Yeah. And um, I still do that now on my days off from my whole time fire service. Yeah. And I was working in a bar and I started working in a joinery just so I could give myself the hours and flexibility to go on tour with a band, to tell this story and to try and build this festival. And uh, it was it was a huge sacrifice. And it's and it, at the time, you don't realise when you're when you're in something and you're that angry. Like, Ted's died. Fuck this. Yeah. You know, I want to do something. I can't cure cancer. Yeah. I don't have that capability. What can I do? Well, I can put a bloody gig on with my mates. And if we can help little Ted's coming up, then that's what we're going to bloody do. And, yeah, and that way. just fueled me like jet fuel i was like Mate, I'm doing i love this. your energy <laughs> your energy is infectious and um yeah we you know we we put a gig on in a floodplain and that's when i was like well i can't do that again because i need to sleep i, I can't do so what this. was it like for you you're building up obviously i've been i've been in this game 25 30 years now putting on thousands of events yeah. and festivals and all, so i get where you're coming from what was it like for you being your first outdoor gig the pressure on terrifying yeah okay but i didn't give a fuck yeah i thought if this goes wrong whatever i had that I'm 34 now. Yeah. Uh, I still class myself as youngish. But I had that young, stupid, I am fearless attitude. And when you spend 18 months in the children's cancer ward, whatever. Yeah. Like, what's, what, what are we going to moan about? Yeah. All right, we put a gig on, we don't work. And, and that's my attitude still to this day. You know, I, f- I feel so blessed every day. When was the last time you woke up and thought, I'm so grateful my legs work today? Yeah. You don't, do you? Mm. Until you're affected by something like yeah. that. Seeing your little brother who, I was playing football with him the night before. I was literally having a kickabout. We got the news the day before that nothing's working. We went outside and had a kickabout and I, dad brought the video camera out and I knew exactly what he was bloody doing. I thought, fucking hell, this, this, is, this, is, this real. is real. I'm playing football with Ted. And then that night he walks past, got a glass of water from the kitchen, went, night, see you in the morning, see you in the morning, night, Ted. He went out of the bed and never walked again. You know, that's, pro- that's a problem. That's hard. You know, what, you know, building relationships with parents and families yeah. and other children on a cancer ward for 18 months and then suddenly seeing an empty bed, that's hard. Oh. That's hardcore. And nothing will compare to that. So putting a gig on and it not working, whatever. Whatever, <laughs> yeah. I'm going to try my absolute best. And, you know, you do make your own luck. You've done him really proud. <laughs> do you know what I mean? He's probably like, looking down thinking, just, just stop. Just stop. <laughs> like, what are you doing? Like, this is nuts. <laughs> yeah. It was funny to start with, but this is getting a bit Do much. you remember how much, was it, did you say it was 43 grand you raised yeah, on that first grand. outdoor gig? Yeah, yeah. And then what happened after that first one? Did you get the taste for it thinking, you know what, I want to take this to another yes, level. exactly. So that. 2017, tell 2017, me 2017, I made the move to Charisworth Farm, which is where we are now. That's what, our Sorry, home. where was that? Charisworth Farm. Okay. It's about three miles from town. But okay. it was that dream venue. I wasn't brave enough to do it at the that first time. time. Okay. But I thought, okay, we've got some momentum now. Let's Just rolling back it. there, 2016, the first gig. Can you remember roughly how many people turned up? Oh, roughly. 800 to 1,200 people. 1,300 maybe. Yeah. yeah. doesn't matter. You don't have clickers. It doesn't matter. As long as they're paying. <laughs> and the people That's it. Yeah, yeah, exactly that. And um, and this this is quite a funny story. Going to Charisworth, there was a, a dance event uh, <laughs> and they held it at Charisworth Farm. And that's the only reason I knew this field and place existed for an event because i saw the yellow and black aa signs on the yeah. on the on the road and i remember thinking i've got to find the new venue for teddy rocks 
and uh, I was on Google Earth, but it was all flat, wasn't it? So I'd find this field and I'd go, yes, I'd get in my 1.2 Clio. I'd drive and I'd find this field and I'd get there and go, fuck, and it's like that. <laughs> and you just think, oh, so you go home again, you put a cross through that one. And uh, I f- and then, yeah, I thought, I'll just ring up. I'll ring up Charlesworth. I'll just sod it, I'll ring him up. And it's all weird how all the big moments in Teddy Rocks, and you've probably explained it you say, yeah. they happen from a, ah, sod it, I'll yeah. just make a phone call. And uh, I rang him up and he, I said, how do you ask someone to put a rock vessel in their garden? Cold call. How do you yeah. do that? I went, he goes, hello. I said, hi, look, my name's Tom. I run this gig called Ted- Teddy Rocks. We love Teddy Rocks. And I was like, oh, really? He goes, yeah, um, my sister's child was actually in hospital and uh, you actually provided oh. a, a present for them. And I just thought, that's weird. Oh, my you know? God. You know, the child didn't Meant have cancer, but it, yeah. the child was at uh, Dorset Hospital, Kingfish Award, and benefited from some of the fundraising we'd done. And he was like, what do you need? And I was like, and I need some. I need someone to put a gig on. Your venue. And uh, so I went. I went up to site, and it's. It, I mean, it's just the most breath. You won't find a, a more really? breathtaking site. It's in the Dorset Valley. He, it's just. It's unbelievable. And I went up there, and I went. This is. This is it. But it was so hard. Everything was against us. There was no tracks. It, it was a logistical nightmare for a festival with no backing and yeah. no funding. But I thought, yeah, we'll go for this. So I ring up the council, guys. Great news. We're I'm, moving. I've got the venue. <laughs> I've got the venue. I'm getting out of town, just like you told me to yeah. do. Well, where is it, Tom? Charlesworth Farm. Don't do it. What? Absolutely not. They had a dance event there, which had 35 noise complaints in the middle of nowhere. Absolutely blacklisted. They will never get a license for that site. And there's just me thinking, give me a break. Well, I'm going to. No, you're not. Yeah. And I, I was going to meet the farmer that night for dinner to shake his hands and, and do the deal. Yeah. I had to ring him up and say, I can't, can't come to your festival. You're never going to get a license again. It wasn't him running the event. It was just a farmer diversifying, yeah. letting his land up to an event organizer. And they they didn't do everything they said they were going to do and cause a lot of problems and a lot of problems for the family who own the farm in the village. Yeah. So I thought, right, okay, <sighs> nightmare. And I was miserable because you know what it's like, it's a ticking, the years are ticking clock. Yeah. The longer you take to make a decision and get something on sale, the longer, yeah. the, you, the more pressure you're under. Yeah. yeah. So it was a Wednesday, I booked a meeting with the council again, environmental health, and I said, let's just catch up, throw some ideas around. And it was a Wednesday morning, and I'll never forget this. I, I, did, I had no idea what I was going to say to him. I had no idea what I wanted to do, what I wanted to say. And I sat down at the table, and they shook my hand. And you could tell they, they liked me because yeah. we pulled that festival off. And suddenly, it was a, they were like, what do you need? What yeah. do you need? And they went, they went right into him. What do you want to do? And I went, from nowhere, I just went, I want to go to Charisworth Farm. I'm going there. And they went, oh, really? We just told you this. I went, no, what's it going to take? So I said, I'll tell you what I'll do. I will put full PA rigs in all the stage positions in that farm. I'll put my mates in cars. I'll put a hotline. I'll buy a mobile phone number. I'll post it in the papers, all the online forums. And I'll do a sound test from 10 o'clock in the morning till five on a Saturday. And I'll show you that we can hit the levels. And they went, what? I said, if I do that and I prove to you that we can hit the levels, will you let me do it there? And they went, no one's no one's ever set <laughs> PA systems. Up. I went, well, will you let me do it? And they went, fine, let's give it a go. So got a pay-as-you-go phone, got a number, put it everywhere. And the Saturday came and um, we started making noise from all the, the different stage positions around the field. And um, we didn't get a single phone call the whole day. And the council turned up with with his um, sound device, machines which hand, was actually it? showing it quieter than ours. So yeah. I was like, wicked. <laughs> I don't know if he had Policy. the batteries out or something, but yeah. uh, and he went, we'll go for it. So put in for the license. Got a couple of objections from locals because they obviously thought it's going to be, know, yeah. it's going to be this dance yeah. event. Blah blah blah. And I went out to the farmer and I said, "If I get a license on this site, you don't charge me this year, and I'll clean your name up locally." And he went, "Yeah, deal." And I've got the license, and we've now got a permanent premises license. And, and you're still at the same venue. Yeah, love it. Brilliant. And I got no 
no desire to make it bigger i want it to be the party people can't get in every year yeah and it's just the dream site so. and what is it what license you get four nine nine still four so nine, five thousand people i'd like to go to seven eventually yeah just so that we can have 5,000 paid a day. That's yeah. the dream. If we do that and we sell out 2,200, 2,500 people camping yeah. and say 2,500 day tickets a day, that festival will raise between quarter of a million and 400,000 pounds a year. Mate. And I'm going to do it. That's brilliant. Yeah. So so 2017 was your first year at, at, at Charisworth? So tell me what happened in 17, 18, 19. Obviously, we all yeah, know what yeah. happened in 20. <laughs> yeah, that was a laugh. Yeah. Tell me what happened in 2017. Um, what, tell me the band you had. Tell Scouting me for Girls. Did you? Yeah. Mode what, Step. In, seven, in 2017? <laughs> yeah. Did you? At Scouting for Girls, Mode Step. Oh, God. Who else was it? Mode. Oh, Twin Atlantic. Amazing band. British rock band. And they were they were a great story. They were lovely. Um, and they're so, all playing for free? No. Or Peanuts? No. No. Not at that level. No. They're, okay. They're, and there's reasons for that. And it makes yeah. sense. Your, your value of having artists of that size is... So give me an example. So how much would Scouting for Girls be? Uh, Roughly. I don't know if they'd be happy with me telling you on Roughly. this. Roughly, I'd say a band of that you're probably looking at. But you think of what that what the band members get from that. Yeah. Realistically, twenty percent for management. That's right. It all gets uh, cut in half. Well, that's twenty percent for agent, ten percent for manager, maybe ten percent for label. Maybe guitar tech, techs. drum tech, lighting engineer, sound tech, tour manager, driver, vehicle, fuel, hotel, hotel for transport. Yeah. Blah, 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 blah. yeah. Four of them in the band. Lucky to see. Yeah. Each, yeah aren't agree. They? Agree. You know? People don't see that. No. no. They think, oh, you know, if someone said to me, oh, your band's getting paid grand yeah. a night, you must be like, well, no, I get about 40p. Yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> it's the same for Spotify. Yeah. One of our songs has hit a million plays. How much you made from that? Probably enough to buy a crunchy, but yeah. someone's doing all right from yeah. it. And yeah. And does it know, help, though, obviously saying this is the story, this is who I am? Does it help you get the deal over the line? Sometimes. Yeah. Sometimes. Sometimes it does. Some people really connect to it. Yeah. Like Feeder. You yeah. Know, we've got Feeder, and we'll go on to Feeder in a yeah. minute. We've got them coming back. They, they love it. They love it. Um, but you don't speak to the bands you speak to agents yeah. you don't even speak to managers if you go directly to say I went out uh, like heavy music awards and I met the manager of a band I really wanted and I missed out the agent and went straight to the manager yeah. that agent would be fuming yeah. and then wouldn't make my life easy going yeah. forward you've got to play the game some agents are lovely so some lovely. agents are a pain in the ass to do they with. can be they yeah. can be really difficult and some of them can be brilliant as well and when you get a brilliant yeah. one it's so refreshing isn't well, it exactly that yeah, but yeah ex that's exactly yeah. it and um you build up these relationships and some people really get what you're trying to do yeah. and to watch the festival grow now i've got some wonderful relationships with agents and it's really exciting that's quality you ring them up and they go what are you doing next year so yeah. well, what can i have what can you do for yeah. me um so that's 2017 how much did you raise? can you remember roughly what you raised in 17 yeah i think it's around 70 yeah. 70 grand yeah so that was yeah. cool yeah and that 70 goes straight in a one check straight to the charity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, at the time, so this is the interesting thing. Yeah. We'll, when we get up to the, the current one, I'll yeah. explain the changes. We're still running this through Teddy 20, the charity, yeah. which makes it even more stressful. So obviously a one-off fundraising event, we weren't have, didn't have to pay tax on what we were raising, right? And that will make sense with the figures coming up. But the risk was all on the charity. It was so have you got to pay tax on charity? No, not no. not for check for a one off fundraising event, which we were, we didn't have to. So if okay. we raised fifty grand, we yeah. we give fifty grand away. Whereas, you know, a normal festival you're you're paying your tax on that. And that's what we were doing. So the money would then go back into the, into the charity and then the charity supports bone cancer research because Ted passed away from bone cancer research. Um, Click Sergeant, which is now called Young Lives Versus Cancer and uh, Pine Brown Ward, Click uh, Safe Haven, which is a house on the hospital grounds. So you go to hospital, your child gets diagnosed with cancer. They give you a key and say, just move in. Washing machine, kitchen, wow. bed, move in. You know, and they were, to my parents, they were just unbelievable. We wouldn't have got through it without that. So I put... I put a lot of money into that house, that project to keep it going because that's it needs help. And um, yeah, so we're running it through the charity 
And that's really stressful because, you know, you've got charities commission on you. Everything you're doing, they're like hawks. Like, what's that? Oh, okay. yeah, yeah. But then we have to pay the charity, then pay someone to audit the charity to make sure it's perfect. Because yeah. we're all volunteers. Yeah. We, want it, we want it done perfect, right? Yeah. So we're now paying someone to give us a hard time so that when charities commission comes along, they go, yeah, that's perfect. Yeah. But they're going, you're spending all this money out on this party in a field. Yeah. I mean, you're not raising any money. Just wait until the wait festival until the comes. <laughs> festival boom. Oh, yeah. that's really good. Yeah. And then that person moves on. You get a new person come in. Why? You're spending all this. And it yeah. just got really frustrating. And I'll, I'll pick up on that when we get mm. to COVID. because that's What are the changes. benefits of having a charity? Not much. That's <laughs> my, that's my that. point. Yeah, you're telling me about they're like eagle eyes all over you. Awful. Surely if you're just running it yourself, then you just gave that check to the charity, it might be a lot easier. And that's what we do these days. So okay. we're now a limited by guarantee company. We okay. give 100% of our, so we're now Teddy Rocks Festival Limited. We give 100% of our profit directly to charities. And then that's how we do it now. But the downside is that we have to pay tax on what we, we make. So so if you make 100 Gs, you've then got to pay a tax on it. And whatever's left over, you got to give. Yeah. And that makes my blood boil. That yeah. makes my blood boil. So it makes me really angry. Yeah, wow. we're all volunteers. We're all here doing it for nothing. So seventy-six grand we raised yeah. in two thousand seventeen. The next year we have the darkness, which was the coolest thing ever, and the Zootons, and we raised. Oh, was it that year? No, it wasn't. Next year was Feeder. Apologies. It was so twenty eighteen was Feeder. Feeder. Yeah. And Ash. Yeah. And they came down, and we raised like eighty-four grand, and I was like, "This is wicked." Feeder were amazing, but. Twin Atlantic and Feeder, they decided to rock up to the event in 18-meter double-decker Nightliner tour buses. <laughs> and I remember that moment when I found out Twin Atlantic were coming on the tour bus. I remember doing a Facebook post saying, the fuck do I park a tour bus in Blanton? <laughs> like, and I'm, I'm there speaking to like my mate, the butcher. He's like, oh, there's some space out the back, mate. And I'm like, I can't, I can't put a Nightliner at the back of the butchers. And then my mate's like, well, you can park it in front of my joinery if you want. And I'm like, oh, this is bad. So I ended up, found a coach, a local um, Damry coach company who provide our shuttle buses. Yeah. They're lovely. All the drivers volunteer. They do yeah. it every year. They let us park it there. So that's how we got around that. But that was a big step up. Suddenly we've got nightliners rolling in. Yeah. Suddenly it's like, yeah, we're real. How much for feeder? Oh, I can't remember. Roughly like, you were paying them. But you're probably looking at a band like that. You're looking between 15 and 15 30. 15 and 20. Yeah. Okay. Somewhere like that. Yeah. But they were wonderful. Really and wonderful. is that, do you find that having these big bands, it really does help your ticket sales? Oh yeah, it's all about. What do you think? It's you, all lineup. So it's you, you're a firm believer that it's all about lineup. Hundred percent, even with okay. our cause. Yeah, mm -hmm. that's interesting. Yeah, it's all about lineup, definitely. And um, and you do you hit a certain crowd? Do you know the crowd you're aiming at, or do you, or are people bringing friends of friends each year? We have got like a core following of people which grows every year. I mean, our art, our marketing budget for 2018 was five thousand pounds. Yeah. I mean, that's yeah. not a lot, is it? Yeah. I probably spent half that on flyers, which probably lived in my mate's boot for half yeah. a year. So like, realistically, <laughs> not really overly effective marketing. Um, but yeah, we raised like 84 grand that year. And then the next year, it was The Darkness. So The Darkness was 2019? 2019. That, that, they're the band that made me pick up a guitar. They are the band that made me be in a band. And I went for them every year. And talking about relationships with agents, uh, a guy called Rad, Adam Saunders at X-Ray, I'd ring him up every year. I'd email him. Oh, yeah, the darkness available? No. Okay, I'll speak to you next year. All right, next year. <laughs> Hi, mate. Come the darkness. No. Okay, I'll speak to you next year. And every year I went for it. I ended up ringing him. I got him on the phone. I was like, I want the darkness. And he goes, look, they're not looking to do anything. If they do it, I'll eat my hat, you know? And I was like, oh, okay. Well, can you ask? And then 10 minutes later, I get an email. Well, I better eat my hat. They want to come and play for you. Is that right? And I was just oh, man. buzzing. That's what, quality. Yeah, so having the darkness come was just the most amazing thing ever because it just we felt like a real rock festival. Yeah. It was like, this is cool. And that was 19? 19. 19 with and the what, Zootons, yeah. With the Zootons as well. And what sort of numbers are you getting in? 
maybe 3,000, still 3, not big. Still and not what sort big. of time is it? Is it people arrive at two o'clock, four so o'clock? Is it? So Friday's a half day, so the arena, yeah. so campsite opens at 12 on the Friday, yeah. the arena opens at five on the Friday until yeah. half midnight, with the woodland area staying open for the campers and the VIP bar till two. Yeah. And then Saturday and Sunday, it's 11 till half midnight, both days. Happy so days. We're getting there, we're getting there. And our goal was to hit six figures, and we did. We raised 107,000 for the Darkness. Mate, this yeah. is such a brilliant it was so story. Cool. It was so cool, and we we, were buzzing yeah. and that was a real moment where it hit me like a freight train it was me and my same mates that moved some furniture out of the way in that pub to raise 400 quid suddenly driving telehandlers nine and years later and, and doing this and then Mate. hanging out with the darkness and it was just like this is really cool yeah and then um and then yeah covid came so around. how did that obviously covid was kicking the plums for everyone oh. for you guys obviously you were, we were three weeks away we were three weeks away from putting the fencing up because you got your fence at end of april yeah and it came, what, mid-March? 23rd of March. We're three and a half, four weeks away. Oh. I'd have put up about three kilometres of Harris and then had to leave it there all summer. All right. And then, yeah, and tickets just died. Yeah. They just stopped, like everything did. Mm. And what was really scary and the bit that was life-changing, I, I actually started typing the email saying, Teddy Rocks is done. And I'll never forget that day because I don't quit. Like, oh. you know, I was like, never. Yeah. And I had to accept it. And it was because, because we were running it through the charity. We got told that if the festival makes a loss of any sort, the the lovely volunteer trustees that meet up once a month over a coffee and decide about the, the coffee mornings and the yeah. skydives and yeah. they're liable you're uh, joking and I was they're like, liable and i was like fuck this i was like I, I can't do it i can't put them under pressure my my brother's name them under pressure who are volunteering if i get anything wrong oh sorry michelle and ian yeah <laughs> you know, you're, you're, you're fucked yeah and i was like we we can't do this we can't do this and i remember just being heartbroken and you know, thinking well, that's the end of the road, and I thought, what an unfair way for that story to end. Yeah. You know, and um, my one of my best mates, Ben, he works for Holden Woodhouse. What's his surname? Uh, Holden. Ben Holden. Ben Holden. Benny Bars. Ben. <laughs> He's Benny Bars. <laughs> just the most amazing guy. And um, you know, Holden Woodhouse got more and more involved every year with helping and supporting. And Great stuff brand. Like yeah, Great company. Holden Woodhouse. Anthony Woodhouse, Mr. Woodhouse himself, is an absolute. Is he still about? Yeah. Oh yeah. God, yeah. He's a legend. Yeah. 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 He's um he's incredible. Him and Mark and. Uh, he said, what if we set this up as a company? And this is where the limited budget go. And they're all doing their research. And they were like, look. And I was like, oh, I don't know. I don't know. Like, Because I don't really understand all yeah. that side of business. I'm yeah. not really a business guy. I'm yeah. a hands-on guy. I'm yeah. not clued up with all this stuff. You make stuff. shit happen. Yeah, exactly that. Yeah. I don't know how I'm doing it. Yeah, but problem it, solver. It, make stuff happen. <laughs> or make problems. <laughs> either or. But um, they were like, if we make a company. But I was like, yeah, but we've got no cash flow. We can't take money from the charity. So even if you're a car garage and you give a thousand pounds for sponsorship to go on the screens yeah. and you want five free tickets that's gone into the charity's account i then can't take that money out of the charity and, account yeah. into a new account yeah. we've got nothing so he's like we've got to find uh we've got to find cash flow yeah and uh this this is where you're talking about making your own luck and stuff like that um i was thinking oh my god like how are we gonna do so me and ben were working on a business proposal to potentially take to hall and woodhouse to be like look would you give us a loan over so many years so that we can protect this and keep it yeah. going and stuff? And we're working it, working it, working it. And loads of my contacts that I've been helping just weren't picking up the phone. Like they're their own, you know, they've got their own problems. Yeah. You know, charity starts at home is obviously the expression people yeah. get. And I and I totally understand it. So wonderful companies that have been helping us, suddenly their company's gone bust. They can't help me on my mission. They need to survive, you know? People start picking up the phone and I was just thinking, oh, and I was taking blow after blow after blow. And there's this one guy, and you'll know him actually, you'll know this guy, that's what makes this quite amusing, uh, who owns a wristband company um, called IDC and Band, mm -hmm. and a guy called Matt, and I rang him every year 
uh, and he used to give he cold called me he obviously got some new like student or whatever work in there and he's like ring up some smaller festivals and this guy cold called me and i was hiding under a table at this joinery i was working in taking this call and it massively backfired on them because they ended up providing our wristbands for free every year so oh, it was the worst business call they ever made ringing me <laughs> and um and i remember i i, I thought oh, i can't message him because if if they've gone bust or whatever that's probably one more rejection away from just being like i don't yeah. know how we're going to do it i just messaged him and he goes yeah give me a call give me a call and he rang me up and won't go into details but long story short i, I just told him the situation how are you and he goes yeah really good just sold the company what do you need i went what and he goes i'm in oh, and i was like we'll talk about talk about that time that time in yeah. that luck yeah and this angel he yeah. <laughs> hate me for saying it just came in and goes right i can see what you're doing and I went in. He's a, now a director of the festival along with Anthony Woodhouse oh, and Ben. Brilliant. And uh, he put cash flow into us so we could survive. You know, doesn't no one takes any money. Yeah. It's all 100% volunteers. But without that cash flow to pay for deposits and stuff, you, you, you're, you're yeah. off the track. Absolutely. So that was... So was that twenty? So was that twenty one? Was it? That was twenty. So twenty. You lost it. Did you do your 20. event festival in twenty one? No, you had two years off. Three years between closing the gate and opening them, which is a lot of it's momentum time, to lose yeah. and a lot of energy. And also, like being match fit with facts and figures, like yeah. just knowing the distances between festoon poles, the length, how many clips, uh, blah, blah blah, all of this, it's all there. Yeah. Like, I've got quite a good memory for stuff like that. You have three years off, yeah, and you, you're like, what is that uh, again? How yeah. do I do that again? Yeah. Actually, so it's really hard to get like match fit so your event. first year back after the pandemic was 2022 yeah it was yeah and how was that having to relaunch and restart hard hard yeah. work and coming back to the point of like paying tax on what charities you know what you raise and stuff obviously as a limited by guarantee company we now have to pay tax on what we raise which is <laughs> infuriating so we had eagles of death metal come over from america um they were the band that were on stage for the bataclan paris attacks uh dave oh, grohl's played in them as well and huge american rock band and they came over to play for us and they were just so cool. They're like rock and roll. They're, they're cool. Really? You think you're cool, you're not. Yeah. Meet those guys. <laughs> they're cool. And uh, they came over and um, yeah, and they were just amazing. And the energy, everyone was like, let's just go for it. And we had to accept, we don't know if we're going to make any money, we don't know if we're going to lose money, but let's just go, let's just go for it. Yeah. And we ended up raising 60 grand on a survival year, bearing in mind we had to pay tax on that. Yeah. So that's a pretty, pretty huge effort. So you paid your tax and then gave 60 grand to the charity? Yeah, 60 grand went wow. directly, directly to the cause. So I went to Teddy 20 to keep uh, Ted Shack, which is a holiday home that the charity bought uh, in Weymouth, uh, um, a caravan park in Weymouth. Um, and they basically send children and families on respite holidays whenever they need it. Brilliant. So, you know, they could be going through treatment. They could be going through remission. Unfortunately for some, it could be there's not much time left and they're not well enough to go to America or something like that. So it's such an important project. So yeah, boom, there you go. There's like 25 grand, keep that going for a year, pay Brilliant. for that, make that happen, have that. Bone cancer research, here's 10 grand. Go and crack on, get something done, Good you know. You. Young Lives versus Cancer, here's like 12 grand to put into Gene's house, which is the home away from home project. Yeah. Make sure that that's going to help with your heating bill because that's gone through the roof. Yeah. Um, and then we found a really cool local charity which is an idea i've wanted to do for ages but i just don't don't have that ninth day in the week to do mm. it they're called george's rockstars and i always had this vision of buying instruments and paying for tuition to go into hospitals for children going through treatment to just give them music so you know imagine a 10 year old suddenly someone comes and goes do you want to play guitar or bass like here you go here's a fender yeah. like, here's a gibson yeah. and this guy's going to come teach you some riffs and here's an ipad with fender play on it like, get stuck in yeah. if we can just take them into that moment music's amazing it, and uh, sound all, all yeah. workers, but it is it's just the most amazing thing you get lost in it and I, I thought wouldn't it be great to get children playing music you know and just as a something to focus on 
George's Rockstars are already doing it. They're, they're literally doing it. They're just starting up. And I was like, boom. So we were like, here's 10 grand. Go and buy a load of guitars. And they were like, oh, because of you, we can now get into another hospital. And I was like, that's cool. Oh, mate, it's really cool, you know. It's amazing. What a lovely feeling yeah. to be having. It's cool. It, it's nearly killing me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but we've got an army. Honestly, There's if I put a chair behind me for every single person that makes this festival happen, yeah. you'd be overwhelmed. You'd have to go out into the street. There's just an army of people who are as passionate as I am, maybe even more, believe yeah. it or not. They they love it, and um, and it's just it's an amazing thing to watch evolve. And tell me about tell me about your festival happening in five weeks, six weeks time, is it? Yep. So our next one coming up. What's that? Tell the, tell tell the listeners the date. Uh, so it's the twenty eighth to the thirtieth of April, yep. Friday, Saturday, Sunday in Blanford. In Blanford Forum, yeah. And uh, it's gonna. I mean, it's our biggest and best festival ever. I don't know how much we're gonna raise because everything's so bloody expensive. Yeah. Um, but. Numbers wise, we're up and yeah. we'll see what happens. But lineup wise, we tried something funny, and you can probably tell that I'm one for inside jokes, and a lot <laughs> of the crew are the same, like yeah. who is he and stuff. I always dared that I'd get the Venga voice to play in Blanford Forum, and they're are coming. They, are they going yeah, today? The Venga bus is Quality. coming to Blanford Forum. It's yeah. a bit of an inside joke, and they said yes. So we thought, well, let's do a bit of a pop night. So on the Friday, to celebrate our 10th festival, yeah. We've got Venga Boys, Goldie Licking Chain, and E17, and we just thought that was wild. Mate, that's brilliant. So a bit, something a bit different on the Friday. Um, and then, yeah, we've got Feeder coming back, who are just amazing. And I wanted to bring them back because I wanted them to see how much this festival's grown, mm. and I wanted them to get a proper Teddy Rocks experience yeah. where we are now, and they're just amazing. And if you, were, if you were listening here and you wanted to come to the festival, tell me the vibe that you would get. Well, in November, we won the UK's best family festival at the UK like National Festival Awards, which mm. was just surreal. Yeah. I couldn't believe we even got nominated. I couldn't even believe that was a thing. And we went up to Manchester and went to the awards night. And I was, just, I was happy to be there. I genuinely was. Just like <laughs> we sat there next to Glastonbury, like, you know, all these festivals and that. And yeah. there's, there's little old Teddy Rocks, like about 15 of us reprobates <laughs> and getting hammered in a corner somewhere. <laughs> and they're like, oh, they've put us out of the way. Like we ain't winning anything here. And then uh, the winner of the best family festival was Teddy Rocks. And you think, shit and yeah. then the lights go on and pff, there's your video and it's like all right yeah, <laughs> and honestly it was wild like they just erupted and that was one of my favorite memories of the festival was watching those guys get this is what you guys get for yeah. volunteering all those time that's because of you barry who drives a telehandler to he's a, a steel erector working with cranes all year suddenly he's loading in main stages and driving a telehandler building a rock festival with a triple a pass on nice one barry that's because of you <laughs> and watching those people yeah. get that was just amazing so yeah we are family friendly and my goal is there needs to be another dave Grohl. so you know i'm 34 now i've just had my first baby congratulations uh, uh, albie two days ago Big yeah shout out to albie. Albie. what's up albie <laughs> cheers for keeping me up that's awesome <laughs> uh and i just think for me, growing up in Blantford, there was no venues, there yeah. was no festivals. I used to crawl in the window of the railway pub and hide behind a jukebox with my mate Brett, mind sweeping beer and yeah. watching the covers bands. And I watched the covers bands play The Darkness, I believe in Lingled Love, and I saw this guy shredding in front of me and it melted my brain. And that, I was just hooked on it. Life changing. And I just think, wouldn't it be great if little people could come to this festival and mm. go, wow, what is that? And, and I just think that's what it's all about. So people I, I you know my mates we used to go download for five days and just be in just horrific yeah. conditions on that <laughs> monday we can't do that anymore <laughs> so actually a lot of us have got kids now so yeah. wouldn't it be great if we can regroup at a festival and bring our little ones and next generation is of, that is that know. the growth for you to make it kid friendly it's yeah always yeah it'll always yeah. be family friendly yeah. i want i want young people even more youngsters coming through i want them to, but i want them to see a real rock festival yeah i don't want it and i'm not saying it's it's tame because yeah. it's it's a festival if you want to go and drink jaeger and go in a mosh pit yeah. you can go and do that but if you want to stand at the back of a little one and put them on your shoulders and clap along to newton faulkner you can do that yeah. yeah it's brilliant so it's just a really safe 
beautiful environment where you can introduce a rock festival, live music. It's not just rock either, you know, rock, pop rock, um, ska. Um, we even got some rap stuff. We've got a rave dome. Uh, we've got acoustic, spoken word, poetry. In the woods in the mornings, we've got yoga classes, hula hoop classes. There's loads of free activities for kids as well. Yeah. Like we do bear hunts, stuff like that. Stuff that doesn't cost people loads of money. And I just want it to be the event that people go, I bloody love that. Yeah. And every year we're going to go. And what's absolutely crazy, we put 5,000 paid people a day in that field for three days. Not only are we raising, obviously, weather dependent, yeah. bar sales dependent, everything, quarter of a million to 400,000 pounds. That's mega. Hall and Woodhouse run our bars for us and give every penny of profit into the pot. They do that for us. Massive shit out of Hall and Woodhouse. Yeah. Hall and Woodhouse wouldn't be here without them. Um, Vocal Zone, another local company, the Throat Pastel, they sponsor the second stage and the artist dressing room area, wouldn't be here without them. Yeah. So all these wonderful people come together and they wouldn't be involved if they didn't see where it was going. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And I just think if you want to go to a festival where you feel completely safe, completely protected, where you can let your hair down, have a great time, see some of the best up and coming talent, because bearing in mind, some of the bands we book, we get just before they pop. Our team are amazing at that. The Raytons, who are main support on a Sunday, had a number one album four weeks ago. Mm. Uh, those damn crows, number three in the album charts three, four weeks ago, they're playing. Yeah. So these Don Broco selling out Wembley, you know, <laughs> because of Teddy Rocks obviously. <laughs> <laughs> but do you know what I mean yeah. like, you, if you come to Teddy Rocks you may just see someone before they explode yeah. and you can say you did it in a really safe comfortable environment in a Dorset Valley waking up in the morning in a tent or a camper van looking down a valley watching deers run past Beautiful. the fence you know and, every, and the litter pickers everyone's volunteers you know you won't find that I remember going to Reading Festival I love Reading seeing some lads climbing on a wheelie bin pull it over yeah. Lord of the Flies in it. they just yeah. run off and they turn into animals yeah I remember walking through Teddy Rocks and I saw some lads on a wheelie bin. I thought, oh no. Yeah. They fell over. I turned around, they're picking it back up. Yeah, and yeah. I just thought, that's respect. That's exactly that. It's yeah. respect, you know. Yeah. The local rugby club, Blanford Rugby Club, they do all our litter for, for four days. They're all there in pink high visiers running around with angel wings on, emptying <laughs> bins, it. loving it. And then Mate, we get, I we get, really need to come to this festival. You come in. You've got Mate, to, I'm there. You've got to come I am there. It. You are one inspirational person, Tom. It's, I know you've got a big army behind huge, you, yeah. but you're the... You're the front man leader for your younger brother. You've got to be, he's going to be so proud. I Like I said, he's looking down and thinking, just pack no, it in. No, he's looking back in, but wow. It's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. But I'm not a businessman. I, I'm not the most intelligent person in the world with business plans and stuff and numbers. I'm not. You're a people's person. Exactly you make stuff happen and you've got the lovely vibe about you that people all come on board and want to be with you I hope and support so. you. And I, I can see so. that. So moving forward, what's an ideal situation for you regarding getting more companies on board? Um, well, it's super difficult because obviously we are relying on sponsors and good weather and all sorts. But I think in the closing stages now, to be in a dream situation, we're, we're trying to find 20 companies to donate £1,000 each. And that will get them on the website, the big screens all weekend and some VIP tickets to bring some of the staff. And we've got a cool backstage bar and that. So if I can chase down 20 companies in the next seven weeks, whatever it is, that would put us in a really good position. Because obviously the more we can bring in, yeah. then the more stuff's paid so for. So each company pays a grand, 20 of them. Well, 20 grand, yeah, you know? Yeah, perfect. That, that's what I'm, you I'm know what, Tom? I'll be the first one. <laughs> Legend. There's a grand. Thank you very from much. From Bournemouth Sevens or Eventful Lives Podcast. All we need now is 19 Bless more. you, mate. That's very kind. Yeah. And I've been seeing it for, for a while, and I really do want to come and, and check it out, this festival. We'll do it. Come and do it. And it's, um, you know, it's it's the atmosphere is unbelievable. And I just it deserves to sell out. It yeah. deserves that sellout, and when that day happens, I genuinely think it will happen every year. Yeah, it's one because we're five thousand cap. And what? And how close are you to that five thousand, roughly? 
Oh. You want another thousand people, two thousand people? If we could get another two thousand people a day, we we've got we've got about fifty or well, thousand camping tickets left. If tomorrow I woke up and a thousand camping tickets had gone, oh my god, yeah. I would be doing somersaults because yeah. it's going to be the best site we've ever built. It's going to look stunning. The yeah. attention to detail, like you won't find a cable tie on clip, yeah. like because people care about it. Yeah. And you'll know this from running commercial festivals because yeah. I run commercial festivals as well. Yeah. You get a different kind of person rigging a festival if they love it. Yes. You, there's two types of people. Yeah. There's the event staff that turn up on hourly rate. Yeah. I finish at six. I want to go. We don't well, finish, you you don't finish on it. an event day. Yeah, of course. Yeah. What time are we finishing today? Well, when we Whenever. Finish. You know, we're out there at 12 still rigging. Yeah. And, and, and at Teddy Rocks, you, it's built by people who just, people who, a lot of people don't, they only get to do festivals at Teddy Rocks. Yeah. It's the highlight of their year. Yeah. You know, someone who's rigging stages every week for, for four months, they're sick of it by the end yeah. of it. Whereas these people can't wait to... Yeah. Someone's like, oh, can I carry those cases? Yeah. <laughs> Crack on. <laughs> Crack it. Oh, please, can I unload Feeders trailer? Yeah. It's so heavy. Yeah, yeah. Honestly, go for it. They're like, oh, thank you so much for letting me carry all that stuff. Yeah. <laughs> and you're like, you're welcome. <laughs> Do you know what? But, and, yeah. and, that's, you know, that's, and that's what's beautiful about it. Yeah. Watching my dad load up his van we had to cross load the tour bus putting all the feeders good. he thinks he's a king he calls himself king roadie you know but watching, <laughs> I need to meet your old man. watching <laughs> Owen who sells fire extinguishers climb yeah. Kilimanjaro now king roadie <laughs> it just sums up the festival in a beautiful way you Man, know and I just amazing. think um, you know there's some perspective in there child of cancer that's horrific yeah. what we're doing is celebrating Ted yeah. celebrating all the other Ted's out there yeah. and we're doing something you know, we're actually doing something to help. And I think for me, this festival keeps Ted here. Yeah. You know, I don't, without this festival, I don't know what my relationship would be like with not having Ted. So, yeah. you know, from a personal thing, from a selfish point of view, this festival keeps me on track. It keeps me in a good place. Keeping him alive. You know, you? Teddy in, Rocks in your is mind. Ted, Yeah, you know? and, um, He's that little angel on your shoulder, mate. Yeah, we need to make sure You give rain. this energy <laughs> off, though. You give this unbelievable energy off. And that, you. having your little brother on your shoulder, keeping you in check. Yeah. Just make sure it doesn't rain. That's make his sure only job. That's yeah, why I ask him for it. Rain. That's what we're like every sunny, year. <laughs> where, Tom, where can people find you? Where can people find Teddy Rocks? How can we get behind this? So nice and easy, teddyrocks.co.uk. Uh, Teddy Rocks Fest on Instagram or Teddy Rocks Festival on Facebook. Um, just get involved. Like, if you've got five minutes, click on the website. Yeah. Um, big shout out to Chris Sherry, who has run the website since day one. And that website is, is insane. Yeah. Like, you'll look at it and go, who the hell's built yeah. this? He lives and breathes it. Everything you need to know is on there. All pictures, all archived, the story. I mean, you'll see the stage at the pub and you'll see last year's main stage. You're just thinking, this makes no sense. Yeah. And we haven't had that big financial backing. We haven't had any of that. It's just been through blood, sweat and tears and good people getting on board at the right yeah. time. And you can get on board as well. That website, if if you're a company and you'd like to help out by helping us pay for some of the costs in return for putting your name on something, yeah. um, get in touch. You can do that. If if you're a trader, if you're a food vendor, if you're a, an attraction, anything, get just how can get how can people because it's sometimes when you get hold of a company don't know whether they're going to get a reply or not how can people get hold of you personally tom at teddyrocks.co.uk tom at teddyrocks one of the best decisions i ever made one of the worst decisions yeah I ever i'm made sure that email because i can't hide <laughs> from anyone but i do I, I i read everything and i can't always get back to it because like i said i'm working four jobs and yeah. you know two bands an events company the festival and the fire service it, it is hard and I, I don't mean to be rude if i'm slow but i will always try my best yeah. and that's all we can do, isn't it? You know? Tom, you're an unbelievable human being. <laughs> really are, mate. Thank you. And it's an inspiration sitting here and listening to this. Love to come and see it for yourself. Yeah, no, I'll be there 100%. I'll bring my team as well. Good man, do yeah, it. Yeah, we'll get that We'll get that sorted. Sounds Is it what, good. Saturday or Sunday? 
Pick, uh, I was going to pick one. Well, our feed is a good day, isn't it? The Saturday. Saturday, That's okay. pretty cool. On yeah. the 29th of April. That's it. That, that'll be a pretty good one to come and do for sure. And then we've got Jake Bug on the Sunday. Okay. So, you what know, he's, yeah, I'm excited to bring him down. So, yeah, all Venga boys, if you're a Venga boys kind of guy. And all your, and all your team can come as my guest for VVIP all weekend to Bournemouth Sevens. Mate. You need to be careful with that because there's about 4,000. <laughs> <laughs> Sevens welcome. has gone under because of the Teddy Rocks podcast. Yeah. No, that's, that's an incredibly kind Quality. offer. They would bite your hand off. Okay, mate. Exactly we'll nice. make that happen. Sounds Tom, good. you're an absolute legend, hey, mate. This has been an absolute me. pleasure. Cheers, and I mate. wish you all the best in everything you do. You're Thanks one special much. person. Cheers, Dodge. Yeah, good man, Tom. Thanks, mate. Cheers, fella. Yeah.